Generates. Today we're talking UFC with UFC 259 coming up this weekend. We got UFC 260 later this month. We got Josh coming in from Canada. Hey. And we got Cole as well to talk fights. Howdy. Both cards are in at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. First title fight on the card this weekend is Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. What do you guys think about this one? Honestly, I, I've been a big fan of Jan ever since he got to the UFC. I don't think there's enough good things you can say about this guy. I'm, I'm backing him all the way. Well, I'm going to say a lot of things not good about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Cole. I, I think Jan's solid all around, and I think Aljamain has a chance early in the fight to maybe finish him on the ground, but if it goes past round one, I think Jan's just going to beat him down, maybe get a finish in round three or four. I could see it. I don't think that it's a round issue. Sterling has one way to win. And if he doesn't get everything lined up... Well, no, he could win by decision, too. He could win by submission or decision. decision. So you got Sterling is a grappler or wrestler versus striker. Peter Jan's a striker. I'm going to bet... So right now it's minus 110 on both sides. It did open up at, at that, but then it did move to... Jan got up to at least a minus 140 and Sterling down... Puts that up at a one plus one twenty. Now it's I'm evened saying, out. Uh, on opening, Sterling at plus one thirty. So okay. it's even getting a little bit further. So it's moved, or... but now it's moved to even money on both of them. Here's my thought: is number one, Sterling's now first round win against Corey Sandhagen looks even better now. The last Sandhagen's knocked out two people in the first round, two contenders, crazy knockouts, flying knee and spinning back kick. And if you just look at who Jan has fought. The top person that he's fought in the rankings are Aldo, and I don't even Aldo was coming off two losses when he got the title shot um, when Peter Jan fought him for the title, and I just don't even think that Peter Jan should have necessarily been in the title shot, or at least if he should have, then Aldo definitely shouldn't have been. So I think Sterling should have been in that matchup. I like his chances. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty tough fight to call. I feel like because everybody in that division is they seem pretty even. I mean, Sterling and Jan are definitely at the top, but. They have a lot of common opponents that the fights all kind of went a similar way. Yeah, they both beat Munoz, so. both beat Rivera. I, I do kind of agree with that. I liked Aljamain a lot better when he was in the plus 120 range, but I will still probably bet him at even money. It just won't be as big. What are the prop yeah. bets looking like? Over under is three and a half rounds, slightly juiced towards the over at minus 135. I'd say that's pretty safe. I would too, except for if Aljamain gets a submission, which I, I did hear that he said that I don't really care. He can stop 100 takedowns, but if he can't stop the 101st one, he's over. I was like, damn, you're going to get that commitment. <laughs> Might make for not advanced. God is no stranger to the ground, though. That That's true. He, he may not be a ground specialist, but he is. he does not shy from it. Yeah, has he ever fought anybody who actually took him to the ground, though? He has not. So I was listening to a thing today. It's like he's one of the only people that have gotten to have the UFC title, and he hasn't fought a true grappler. Pretty much fought mostly strikers. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Sterling in round one or two by submission. So round one is plus 1,000, round two plus 1,400. I do kind of like those. That's how you make some big money. Yeah. It's a tough fight to call, though. I mean, I feel like, in my opinion, if it goes past round one or two, I think Jan's just going to beat him on the feet and 
possibly that, get a finish. That might happen. I will say this is the one that the title fight that I'm the most excited for. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it could go either way, and the differing styles, it, it makes me excited for it. It's a good warm-up for uh, Adesanya and Jan. Yes. That's for sure. As we're going to move into that one, go the second title fight on the card is Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes. Nunes is the greatest women's fighter of all time. She's minus 1150. So I'd say she's definitely going to win. Megan Anderson is just not on her level, and especially at 145 pounds. Anyone who fights, any woman that fights at 145 pounds get fast-tracked to fight Amanda because there's just so few fighters at 145 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if this one's worth it to bet on. Other, maybe a, a knockout by Nunez at some point, but that's no. probably not even great odds. And the over-under is one and a half rounds, so that is kind of what people are expecting. Megan Anderson does have power, but she just doesn't stand a chance. She, I, she is big, too, so I mean... Yeah, I would say, though, it, it is worth maybe, if you want to throw it in as a parlay piece with something else, just to give it a little better odds, but even at minus 1,200, you're not gaining a lot more value by adding that in. Honestly, the only thing worth betting on with this fight is if you put all your money on Nunez, take whatever little winnings, and that'll uh, fuel your prop bets. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> put your $1,200 down, win 100 and make low-risk, high-reward prop bets. I mean, looking at that over, over 1.5 at minus 125, I don't think that's bad odds. I mean, so Nunez's last fights... She has the most knockouts I know in women's history, but I don't know how early those knockouts are coming. The last two went all five, two before that. But those were Valentina, rounds, right? Which... No, no, Valentina was a while ago. Oh. So that was, was uh, Felicia Spencer. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Durand to me. Jermaine was an amazing fight. Yeah, I mean, her fights either end early or go to round five, it looks like. Her fights go... Five five one one five five one one. Okay. She either knocks them out or they go all the way. And even one and a half, you can still like I guess that doesn't have any in the second round or after, but like Amanda still can. I mean, she's used to fighting five round fights, like you just said. She's had a couple. It's not old people to fight Amanda to give up and not want to be in the ring with her anymore. I will say that if you look at who she fought and finished, there's a trend. So of the people she knocked out in the first round. Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, all big personalities, people who are known for striking, people who probably have a bit of an ego and probably wanted to come in and show that they can do it. Plot twist, they can't. <laughs> yeah, right? But if you look at the people who go all five rounds, they're the ones who respected Nunez's power and, and tried to play their game. Obviously, they still lost. Yeah, I do but think we Megan... we talk about betting the over... I think Megan is smart enough to realize that she doesn't want to try and stand toe-to-toe in the first round with her. No. She's going to make it past the first. And the thing is, she, she doesn't have the advantage on the ground either. So just saying you want to throw a couple dollars on Megan to win, she's not a better striker and she's not better on the ground. Like, her path to victory is no. is non-existent. No. It's luck. Agreed. You you can interpret the, the odds of her being 7-1, to one, saying that for every seven fights, she would win one. And I think that's generous. Yeah, I agree. I don't yeah, think they I could agree. fight 10 times. I don't think Megan wins any of them. I don't even know what's going to happen after this fight for the division. It's just there's nothing there. Yeah. I don't want to see anything but a Valentina re- rematch. Same here. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, at 145, there's nothing left. So Amanda's next title defense is going to be at 135. So 
I would like to see Valentina, but it is hard to book them th- people three times when they lost the first yeah. two, even though it's very arguable that she could have won it's, that second one. It, you could very well argue that, and it's the only person who's even come close. Yeah, no one else is even in it's the same the stratosphere. person who's putting up dominant performances against her opponent. All right, if we don't have anything else on that one, I'm going to move to the main event, uh, Israel Anasanya, the middleweight champion at 185, moving up to fight Jan Blahovic, 205 champ. The odds are currently Izzy is minus 230 and Jan is plus 195. I believe Izzy opened as like a minus 275 favorite, so it has dropped quite a little bit since it started the over-under, and this one is two and a half rounds with the over being juiced at minus 145, so the under, you got plus odds on that. That honestly surprises me, the money line odds, just how stacked they are. You would think it'd be closer? I think it should be closer. I agree. I agree with that. I'm going to try to put my distaste for Izzy aside and just look at it, look at the numbers. I think putting him at minus 230 is almost an insult to Jan. Man, I don't... We're talking about a current champ at a heavier weight class. I'm not saying that Izzy isn't incredible. I'm saying a current champ at a heavier weight class, for you to put the opponent at minus 230, that's almost insulting. Well, think about it this way. If Jan was going to be fighting John Jones... Those are probably the same odds. John's going to be minus 230, 250 in that range. My thought is Izzy Yaz Izzy moving up in weight, but he fought in kickboxing at heavyweight. No one's been able to touch him in any weight class and anything. He just fought Paulo Costa, who's the, pretty much the same size as a light heavyweight. He's not quite that big, but he's a fucking huge-ass dude. And since we're bringing it up, did you read Costa's statement? Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> stupid fuck. You took six we months. Not talk about it. Oh no, I want to. I want to shit on him really quick. He took six months, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, I haven't come up with enough excuses." Six months later, I'm gonna tell him I was drunk. Like, dude, come on. You can come up with something better in six fucking months. Yeah. After the fight, he kept saying like, "Oh, something went wrong with my camp." And yeah. Then... Sign the contract. It's like, dude, you just got torched. Like he barely even touched yeah. Izzy. Like one jab, I think he got him with. It was embarrassing. If we're comparing previous fights, so I think Jan's kind of similar to a uh, Kelvin in a way. He's big and he's gonna come forward and he's super powerful. Yeah. If Jan touches him, he can knock him out. He has the power yeah. advantage. Just no one has really been able to since Calvin has been able to hit Izzy at all. Izzy, I was looking, he has 11 knockdowns in his first nine UFC fights. So if he knocks down Jan on Saturday, he will have the most knockdowns in his first 10 UFC fights in history. Another thing I have written down here is, which actually I'll ask you guys how many of them you know, six people have attempted or to become the simultaneous double champ. Four have done it successfully, two lost. I bet you can get all of them that have did it, whether you, you know the two that lost. Oh, man, the two that lost. And simultaneous? Yes. So Holloway, he lost, right? Yep. That's one. But who's the other one? Cejudo? No. No, no Cejudo won. Demetrius? Nope. One thirty-five forty-five. 35 45 Frankie Edgar? TJ Dillashaw. Oh, okay. Oh. So Izzy's trying to become the fifth. And if Izzy can do it, I mean, he's getting into the conversation of being, like, one of the greatest, not fighters, not only of a generation, but ever. I mean, if he can beat Jan, I don't see any issues, like, with him going up to heavyweight, because I feel like Jan and Stipe 
are very similar, similar but yes. the wrestling. Yeah, very similar size. And John Jones is similar, similar size, too. They're all around the same. Then you get Francis has to cut to 265, which is crazy. And then you got Derek Lewis is a huge dude. But the rest are yeah. there. All, they're not too much bigger than him. My, mine's not even a stat. It's just a cool story, which you, uh, you guys probably both know, but maybe our listeners won't, is Jan Vahovic, when he was in Poland, found a man who had hung himself. Every time before now Jan fights, he goes to that same tree because he thinks it gives him good luck. He's 8-1 and one since that happened, and the rope guy used to kill himself, Jan turned it into a bracelet that he wears. How wild is that? That's fucked up. Yeah, it's crazy. That's some like Undertaker dude you... channeling the dead man. I really thought you were going to go somewhere wholesome with that. Like, <laughs> nope. you, you know, you have such a greater appreciation for life and all of the fortunes that you nope. received. No. Where's the noose no. around his around his <laughs> wrist? It's the legendary Polish power. That's how he gets it. Pretty much. Interesting stat for you. In the last decade, Jan has only lost by strikes once. In amount of, in total strikes? Oh, he's only been knocked out. He's only been knocked out TKO'd once in the last decade. Interesting. Tiago Santos. I do think Izzy can win this fight going the distance, though. He doesn't have to knock Jan out to win. I, yeah, I'm not I saying agree. he does. It's just it's an interesting step. Yeah, no, I do agree. I would definitely wouldn't have known that. Which way are you guys betting on this? Because I think my biggest bet of the, of the weekend is I'm going to parlay Nunes and Izzy. If you do that, it gets you to about minus 180. He's only minus two thirty, so you you know it's not helping you any. It gives you a little bit more value. I mean, I'm not betting twelve hundred dollars on Amanda to win a hundred, so it gives me yeah. fifty dollars more value on the bet. Fair. I think the values on Yawn for this one just there's a lot of unknowns. Even though Izzy's fought in kickboxing at heavyweight, I think MMA is different with the smaller gloves and him coming up. There's a lot of unknowns, and Yawn's so powerful. All it takes is one hit. And he, he's fought a lot of good people before this, so I a think lot. Jan's undervalued. And so, do you think that Jan, Jan? Do you think Jan could win if it goes to decision, or he's only going to win by knockout? I find it hard to believe that he would win by decision if it were to go to decision, because how technical Izzy is. But Jan by knockout is plus four hundred. I don't mind that. I don't think that he has to knock him out. I don't think he has to. I, I think that that's definitely the easiest way for him to win, but I don't think it's necessary. When you look at the previous people who have fought Izzy, they've just fundamentally approached it wrong. They have let him run around the ring, they have not cut him off, and they've stayed on the outside and let him basically tee off. Jan is a big enough guy, and he's fought a caliber of fighters in terms of, of strikers. Jan's going to go into this knowing what he has to do, and he's not going to be afraid to do it. I don't think it would be unreasonable for Jan to to do what he needs to do. He needs to get in there. He needs to get in close. He needs to bully him. And he's done that with a lot of his previous fights. Jan can bully him. He wins. I do get what you're saying. He's bigger. Their reach is probably pretty similar because Izzy's a really long and lengthy guy, but he is a lot bigger. Uh, the only thing I'd say to that is Vizzy's fought a lot of technical and really good strikers, and no one can figure him out. Gastelum's the only one that's even been able to touch him. So I don't even think necessarily it's a given that Jan knows what he has to do to win just because we really haven't seen anybody do it or get close to doing it besides Gastelum. 
even if you go back to that Marvin Vittori fight, wasn't that a split decision win for Adesanya? And that's kind of a similar fighting style. It was, as well. yes. Just like pulling, pushing the pace, moving forward. Interesting. I would not yeah. have expected you, that we were going to be on different sides of that one. You got to be a bulldog. Calvin, Calvin did it perfectly. You got to be a bulldog. And then Jan just has, he just has better tools. But you're getting your plus 200 value. Like, or... Hey, you need to, but for the value, I definitely think that it, it's a contender. That's totally yeah. fair. If you're betting Jan, I'd be betting him by knockout, but I'm going to hammer the fuck out of Izzy. So what about the over? I don't know. I'm dude. Do yeah. That. I'm scared of that I one. I don't know what's going to happen. Cause like you're <laughs> saying, Jan by knockout is probably his way to win victory and Man, I also lost. I bet the over. The biggest bet I've ever made was on the over of Izzy's last fight, and it didn't even come close. So I'm not going to let Izzy take my money again. I think that was like one of the last times I actually won money. You had a big night, dude. You had a big night. You took all my money and like quadrupled it. One last note on that. I will say I'm not going to bet against Izzy or Kamara Usman until they lose. They've never lost the UFC in I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Even the close fight we've mentioned with Gastelum, he's had three title fights since then, and he's dominated all three against even better opponents. And that's why I think Izzy gets it done. Yeah. You have any other fights on this cards that you guys were interested? There is one that I that I wanted to talk about. I mean, there are two fights. I mean, we, I wanted to talk about Islam, but then I also wanted to talk about somebody from the prelims. Is it Cruz? No, I am excited to watch him. I mean, this card is stacked from the prelims. It is stacked. It's like, it is. Benavidez is on the prelims. His last fight was for the title. Dominic Cruz is on the prelims. His last fight was for the title. Islam, people are saying that they think he's going to be the next champ at 155. At least that's what everybody from AKA is saying. Do you think if Islam loses this fight that Khabib would come back? No. If, if Islam loses? No. Yeah, because then I think Khabib wants Islam to be the next champ. He so does. If he loses, that's going to be another year or so before he gets another title run oh okay i thought you were saying that he would want to fight dover oh no it would just create space in the division for khabib to come yeah. back i don't see it happening but i don't see it happening either way yeah so i mentioned the one earlier dominic cruz versus casey kenny i love dominic cruz former champ at plus monies plus 115 this is like the typical scenario the ufc does when they have an up-and-comer Versus an older older veteran, and they put him up against him to see if he's truly ready for the top of the division or if he's not there yet. Now, Cruz hasn't fought a ton, but it's the first time he has fighting in a non-title fight in six years. He just fought Cejudo in 2020, did lose that fight, but it was for the championship, and Casey Kenny just hasn't fought near the level of competition that Cruz has. So with Cruz being at plus money, I really like that one. Uh, Kenny hasn't fought nobody, though. He beat Royval and Ray Borg. I'm not saying he hasn't fought anybody. He just hasn't fought near the competition that Cruz has. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, see, I disagree with the, or I don't disagree with the, him fighting the competition, but I think Casey Kenny is kind of dominant Cruz's kryptonite. He's a powerful, powerful young guy who can push the pace the entire fight, and dominant Cruz kind of has his movement to try to get away, but I like Casey Kenny in this fight. Okay. And, and just the inactivity from Cruz, it's he hasn't put many fights together. I think the last five years, so that is true. Or so. He yeah. is one of the few people, though, that has shown over his career that he doesn't get ring rust. When almost everybody does, he's one that's proven that he doesn't. But yeah, hey, that's where we're coming from both sides. So if we're all on one side, I'd say it pro- looks pretty good. And then you see what 
what the other people are thinking when they're looking at the other side. It's a good fight, though. Yeah, that, so, the whole card is awesome. Any other fights on that card? Are you ready to go to 260? The first title fight of UFC 260, end of March, is Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Both coming off wins. Volkanovsky was a split decision versus Max Holloway. A lot of people thought that he lost that fight. And Ortega just absolutely dominated Korean Zombie probably three to four months ago. It wasn't super long ago. October. The betting odds on Volkanovski is minus 185 favorite. There isn't a line on the over-under yet. I can't imagine it's not four and a half rounds. If it's not four and a half rounds, take the over. Yeah. Yep. Very true. Ortega does not get knocked out even when he takes a beating. And Volkanovski is, is, is good. And that lower weight class, too, there's not a ton of power. I would definitely be betting the over if it's not four and a half. I mean, I will say Ortega's only loss is Holloway. And he took a beating. Yeah. He did look and like he a, took a beating. He did look yeah. like a different fighter though when he fought Zombie after that like two year layoff. Mm-hmm. His striking yeah. was on another level when he's already like his ground game is incredible. But his striking, which I didn't I don't think most people thought he was gonna be able to hang with with zombie striking and he was he dominated him. Yeah, I mean if this was before the zombie fight, no question like Volka or Volkanovsky on this, but I feel like Brian Ortega he surprised everybody so much in that fight. Yes, I agree. I think that's. I'll probably stay away from it. I might bet the over the four and a half, depending on how juiced that is. But yeah. like you said, because we saw such a different Ortega the last time we saw him fight, it'd be hard. I'd be hard to choose this one. I'm still leaning Volkanovski. I still think he's going to win. I think that even with improved striking, you know, he's shown trouble with that boxing style, and I think that Volkanovski's going to win. But I agree that I think he's undervalued. I agree with that. I think Volkanovski's who died to pick right now, but who has he fought with good jiu-jitsu or has he fought anybody that right now? That'd be the only thing I'd want to look into. Is if he can take him down or, if or he's, he's ever had to... so good at that, but... Yeah, if he's fought anybody that's tried to take him down or anybody that's that good on the ground. But it doesn't look like too many people have... It actually looks like Volkanovski has more takedown attempts than pretty much anyone he's fought. Mendez tried to take him down three times, but never actually got him down. Every other fight, he had, takes his opponent down more than they've actually attempted takedowns. Okay. Well, I don't know about submissions, but Volkanovski is a great wrestler. He's got a Greco background. Cool. Well, then the main event of the night is Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title. Just the last fight, Stipe versus DC. People were saying, this is for whoever wins this is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Fight happens. Stipe wins. Everyone still says that. Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time. And yet he's an underdog versus Francis. A person that he beat 50 to 40, 45 very dominantly just a few years ago. I think Francis is, if you look at his physique recently, I think he's coming in at like 255. And for that fight, he was 265. Okay. So I think he's worked on his cardio and prepared for like the longer fights. But it's so hard to know because the last four fights he's fought, they've lasted a total of two and a half minutes. So Mm -hmm. to know if he can get into deep waters with Stipe and actually have to fight that fight that he's never had to fight before except for the last time he fought Stipe, I'm betting Stipe plus 125. I would say if you're going to bet Francis, like I definitely could see Francis knocking him out. But if you're going to bet him, bet him by knockout. He's minus 125 overall. The prop bets haven't come out yet, but I'd assume he's at least like plus 100. 
to buy knockout. And I don't see a way that he beats Stipe in decision. And he's definitely not going to submit him. If he's winning, it's yeah. by knockout and by bouncing Stipe's head off the mat. Right now, I would take Francis knockout. I think DC fights were pretty hard on Stipe. And that, now that is true. And he's older. He's pretty old. Older 37. Francis, so. I think he's 37. Francis isn't that young, but he is, yeah, like probably a brown five years. Yeah, I like Francis in this fight. I think all it takes is one shot from him. And as long as he works on his wrestling a little bit more in cardio, I think he'll be more mentally prepared for going deeper into the fight. I mean, that's definitely true. It, it just takes one shot. But I just think with how much he was dominated that first time, and he hasn't, like I said, he's only fought for two and a half minutes since then. Now, he granted, he did knock out four people in two and a half minutes, which is, which is crazy. But I haven't seen the drastic improvement from Francis that would lead me to believe that after getting do- absolutely dominated, he is going to come back and win. You, like you said, it's one punch. So, Is this your Ohio pride? kicking in or it, i don't think that's it but stipe is from cleveland so who else is on this card Cole, that you were t- wanted to talk about oh we got woodley versus vicente luque and as well as sugar sean o'malley i think those odds for sean o'malley are crazy minus 315 agreed it's hype it's all hype yeah now it's not unwarranted hype but it's all hype i'm gonna continue I mean, betting against o'malley because he's kind of like Connor and the fact that the casuals all know him and because of that they bet on him so therefore he yeah. gets overvalued at the books so even if he is should be the favorite he becomes the betting line becomes a way bigger favorite or actually should be mm-hmm. you know I was on his hype train until his last fight and I gotta say it, it took a few points off for me and especially how he handled the how loss, he handled how, the how uh, he's sitting, yeah. like he's undefeated and such a little bitch he didn't look great I mean he didn't look bad in it Freak, little freak accident or whatever with his with his ankle, or the nerve. But he's had problems with his legs before. I mean, he won the one fight when he got on, when he got on his back and couldn't get up, but he still still won. Yeah, the I only thing that... I will say towards that betting line is that his opponent has lost four of the last five and three straight. I did see that the UFC is view Sean as get, a money maker. Yeah, and they want to put him back on the track that they can start That's making some big do. money off of him. Agreed. But if Sean O'Malley loses this fight, dead. it's not good Oh, he's for gone. Him. Dead. Yeah. He's gone. Not dead, but he's irrelevant in terms of star power. So we got Tyrone Woodley. I'd say there's no chance he can win a fight ever again. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I just, if I'm going to go down with the ship, he's the ship I'm going down with. That's an interesting <laughs> way to take it. I think he's lost, what, 15 rounds straight, hasn't won a single round. He has yeah. looked I'm just saying- bad. If there was anyone to have that bad of a losing streak and still be gun ho like, no, I'm with him, it's it's Woodley. I don't know. I just don't think he can knock Luke out because Luke has taken like, the best from so many people. And I don't know. No, I, I agree. I'll He's never, bet, win, I'll never I put a bet on Woodley again. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> chance I'm ever yeah. betting on Woodley again. If I could get I odds that Woodley been... never wins a fight again, though, I would be betting that. Taking it <laughs> I mean, to the fucking bank. Just collecting his paycheck and not getting beat too bad, just not doing anything. Well, he's been getting beat pretty fucking bad. But I do I agree with the sentiment, though, because former champ, he's got to be making at least 250000 a fight, something like that. So 250000 a fight to get your ass kicked. Not a bad deal. Not a, not a bad gig. <laughs> All right. Currently, 
every champ is booked men's and women's through June, except for 170, who just fought two weeks ago, and 155. And the only date that's open is May. So everything is booked with title fights. No champions are available. So if you have the May date, Usman's not going to turn around to fight again because he just fought, like I said, two weeks ago. Who do you think they're going to fill that May pay-per-view with? Because there's only a a couple of fighters that you can say are not title holders that are worth headlining a pay-per-view. The Connor Dustin fight is possible. Yep, Connor Dustin. The people I listed as people that could headline a pay-per-view are Diaz, Masvidal, Connor, and John Jones. I think if Adesanya gets through this fight relatively easy, he may just stay in the U.S. and then they could book the John Jones fight in May. I could see that. That would be awesome. Like two and a half months, I could definitely see that. The only wild card I was maybe thinking is if they, because Dustin and Connor have both basically made it known that they want to fight each other, that since they're trying to figure out and they don't have a fight for for May, they finally do strip Khabib because he's not going to fight again, and they make Oliveira versus Chandler for the belt because Dustin is, I'm going to fight Connor. I want to make, make as much money as I can. That's the only like outlier that I could see. Otherwise, those four names are the only ones that could really headline a pay-per-view. But Izzy John Jones would be yeah. fucking electric. Could Holloway fight anybody? He, oh, I he could didn't really get beat up at all. He's definitely in the timeline. What if a, I mean, I don't think it would ever happen, but a Holloway Diaz would be a fucking massive draw. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Oh, um, okay. I would. Uh, you know what? I was gonna say not a chance, and then you said Diaz. You got me. Take my fucking money. And Holloway just said recently that he doesn't want to finish his career at 145. He said, "I want to be known as one of the best pound for pound, and you can't do that nowadays without fighting in other weight classes." So. I don't know that they have any ill will. Diaz does always says he loves to fight winners. Holloway's a fucking winner coming off a dominant victory. I actually would really love to see that fight, but I don't know how much traction that it could ever get. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big jump because uh, Diaz said he's not going down from 170 anymore. True. But but Holloway Diaz only weighs change. just a little above 170, and Max, Max weighs above 170, so the weight gap probably isn't that drastic. Maybe 10 to 15 pounds difference, and they're like walking around weights. Diaz isn't walking around at you know 190 and cutting to 170. Yeah, he's like maybe 180. Yeah. That's what I was gonna guess. He's not a big welterweight by any means. His natural weight class would be 155. Yeah, I'd always be down for Diaz versus Masvidal again too. I mean, I'd pay to see it. I think Masvidal torches him. I know you're not in that opinion. <laughs> I think if it keeps no. going. Diaz comes back. I also want Masvidal to fucking fight somebody, dude. Because right now, like, <laughs> what, we're just going to wait until August for him to ha- do the ultimate fighter with Usman, for him, Usman to beat him 50-45, maybe 49-46. Could you imagine ultimate fighter Diaz Masvidal? That'd be good entertainment. That's like the fucking Bachelor turning the UFC into the Bachelor because they're two yeah. fuck-ups. Like, that would just, just be, just be wild. Just People would tune because they're just two clowns. They're superstars, but they're also just two clowns. I don't want to push this subject along, but did you guys see what Kamzat said today? I did, just like an hour ago. Yeah. Retired. What did he say? He said he's uh, retiring due to the oh, health geez. side effects of COVID. I heard he's been coughing up blood since, and his lungs are just super fucked and have never, ever recovered. 
sucks so much. Like that Leon fight would have been so good, and then just... that would have been awesome. Talking about Sugar Sean as a rising star, Hamzad is off the fucking charts. Yep. And I think he had a real chance to make a lot of noise in that division. Or I guess he fought in two div- in welterweight and middleweight. But yeah, that was a shitty one. Alright, whether you follow or fade, I hope you cash some tickets, win some money, and you embrace the true degenerate that you are. Out. Out.